Intentions only let you down. Fast forward to the present day. Look for someone else to blame. You wanna get off this road, but don't know how. The world keeps turning, babe. Whatever you decide. Many of you would not realize this, but Angela is singing live in studio right beside us. Angela Saney, she's going to take us out at the end of the show, but we're into our next segment right now. It's called The Pub Crawl. We crack open a few topics with a few pals. Joining us on today's uh, roundtable discussion is sitting to my left, Mr. Ashley David Chapman. He's the vice president of Chapman's Ice Cream, and everybody loves him in the studio right now. Yes, we do. Uh, Angela Saney, everyone has loved Angela her entire life. She's a recording artist, and Angela Saney, again, will be performing uh, in just a little bit on the show. Dr. John G. Stackhouse, Jr., professor of European history he's done, professor of religion he's done, professor of theology and culture and author, and johnstackhouse.com is the name of the website. Uh, Dr. Stackhouse, sir, how are you today? Very well, Drew, and you? Quite well, sir, quite well, and also joining us, our very good friend, Mr. Talmadge Backman. That's right, Tal Backman. He's the She's So High guy, uh, featured in Bill Maher's Religious as an Ex-Mormon, and uh, um, Juno Award-winning Man of Chaos is how I like to describe <laughs> Tal Backman. Uh, Tal, good day to you, sir. Good day. Thanks for having me on. Good day, eh? Um, by the way, has uh, Tal, have you... and have you been on with John before? John, do you remember being on with Tal Backman before? Because you're both really uh, great participants in this roundtable stuff. John? No, you usually just have me on when you can't get anybody good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. All right, listen, let's get into the first topic. Uh, number one, should foster children have been removed from a family because they were told that the Easter Bunny and Santa were not real? A religious couple refused to tell their three- and four-year-old daughters, foster girls, that the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus were not real, so the Children's Aid Society removed them with only one day's notice. The couple sued the CAS, who told the court that the children were actually removed because the foster parents were not supporting the birth mother's wishes, despite any evidence uh, proving that, and failed, quote, failed to be respectful of the cultural needs of the children. So my question to the gang here today is, did the Children's Aid Service go too far, or were their concerns legitimate, especially in the wake of religious parents refusing to allow their kids to receive tropical, tropical? How about proper medical care for various illnesses, and then, of course, the children die? We've heard of these stories time and time again. So uh, we're going to go to Tal just off the bat on this one. Tal... Your thoughts on this? I mean, the first time you heard it, you thought it was like a, an, a, an article from The Onion, right? You thought it was satirical? Uh, uh, yeah, I did. I mean, and I mean to answer your question, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that there's nobody in the entire world except for the caseworker who appears to have been a, just a total 
anti-Christian bigot who who would support that? It was ridiculous. Second second point, um, not giving your kids medicine to keep them alive has nothing to do with whether you you know talk, talk to them about the Easter Bunny. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, those two things should not be confused. With no, but other. but can you imagine a children's aid worker going, okay, look, there's religious people out there that are actually doing dumb things, making poor choices, and their kids' health is in serious jeopardy, and uh, and then they make this stretch into, well, you're one of these religious people, we need to keep an eye on you, and here's one way to keep you in line. Well, yeah, but I mean, again, they that, that has nothing to do with those two things have nothing to do with each other, right? I mean, you can't rip kids away from, like, uh, you know, otherwise excellent foster parents because they won't lie to the kid and tell them that the Easter Bunny is real. Yeah. And there's nobody in the world except for the caseworker who would agree with that. Uh, John, your, your take on this? Well, in fact, later news stories showed, Drew, that the caseworker was hiding behind the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. What she was really concerned about was that these conservative Christians would not be properly affirming of LGBTQ issues. And that's why the court found against them. Is that it turned out that this story was badly reported, firstly, huh. that the caseworker was in fact against these people because they were conservative Christians. And once that emerged, uh, the caseworker was discredited and the children were returned. Wow. Leave it to the uh, professor of European history, professor of religion, professor of theology and culture to uncover the meteor side of this story. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Because I, I often, John, I I tend to have a bit of an issue with reactionary Jesus people protesting and, and picketing and, and my rights and blah, blah, blah. Because really, um, I don't remember Jesus talking a lot about our rights. So uh, I don't know. In this particular case, I, I guess... The, the courts came down on the right side of the rights? Would you agree? I just think... Well, it really has to do with what's in the best interest of the children, and also to respect the interests of the birth mother, and it turns out that the caseworker simply went way outside right. her concern about anything except her own ideology, and that's why the case fell apart. Ashley David Chapman. The thing that gets me is the whole rights of the birth mother. You, 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 you've given your children away... Yeah, hopefully to a better life, a better home. How do you how do you maintain that yeah. that control over over? Well, it might have been an over uh, an open adoption, but in, as it turns Maybe. out, as as uh, Doctor John G. Stackhouse Jr. has shown, that that was a moot point mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's even it's even worse than that. It, it, yeah, it's even worse than that because that was just a ruse created by the caseworker. There was yeah. there was no evidence that the birth mother had any concern about the Easter Bunny at all. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Now. Um, Angela Saney, last word from you on this topic. I think we all agree that we all agree with the judge's ruling was that they did completely the wrong thing and they weren't working in the interests of the children. So obviously, I'm, you know, I'm on that correct side, I believe. But what I want to point out is how was this able to happen with one day's notice? No one double checked any of the facts. It's just one person's word against this foster family. So for me, I hope it's something that would in the future, there'll be some checks and balances <coughs> where... Good point. Well, hey, if someone has a, a vendetta against this poor couple or whatever c- the case could be, 
let's go into the house, let's talk to the children, let's see, are they in a safe place, they're being well taken care of, and let's go from there, not just hearsay. Yeah, that's a really good point, because if somebody has that sort of anti-conservative Christian, I don't know, agenda or whatever, and, oh, you you guys, I know your type, you hate the gays, right, that whole kind of verbiage, um, then how is that kind of a person in that much power? Exactly. In a government job, I ju- that is a legitimate scary thing. Yeah. And I think that's what you're speaking to. There's too to much well. at stake there. Yeah. These are two young girls' lives. They're three and four. Yeah. This is their formative years, and they're also in a very precarious situation being, in, being foster children. So yeah. who's looking after them? That's my point. All right, let's jump to the next topic here. You're listening to the Drew Marshall Show on the line with Tal Backman. Uh, you might know that name from such television shows as CTS Weekender. Tal, do you remember that moment? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I was just talking about that this morning. <laughs> Tal came on uh, as his alter ego, and anyway, you have to go. Uh, what, what, what's your alter ego's name again? Um, well, you know, that that might be a whole other show where we talk about that. But, yeah, um, but, yeah I, I came on as Ian Starglow. I, I will say it speaks well of you, Drew, that you're still even speaking to me since I think I got you fired. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Starglow. Is such a good... Anyway, uh, Tal Backman and then, of course, Dr. John G. Stackhouse Jr. and then uh, Angela Saney and Ashley David Chapman here in the studio. Uh, topic number two, topic number two. Would you buy Sweet Jesus ice cream? Well, after our little segment with Ashley David Chapman of Chapman's Ice Cream here in the studio, I would never buy Sweet Jesus ice cream. I'm Chapman's all the way, baby. Oh, Sweet Chapman's. (laughs) Here's the story. A Toronto-based ice cream company is being boycotted because of its name and use of religious language and imagery. Some of their ice cream flavors are called, for example, Red Rapture. Hella Nutella and Sweet Baby Jesus. And they have a picture that shows their ice cream in the place of Baby Jesus in a nativity scene. Another promotional campaign states, Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, but GD, that's delicious. See what I did there? Just kind of mm-hmm. covered that up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it shows an upside-down cross. That, that's the one part of all this that makes my head turn just a little bit. Anyway, uh, is this all just provocative marketing that pushes boundaries in a free market system? Or is Sweet Jesus ice cream gone too far? Um, I'm going to go to uh, uh, Mr. Stackhouse for this one first. Mr. Stackhouse? Well, two points. One uh, serious point is that Christians have to be careful not to overreact on this one. All around the world, uh, Muslims... And in India, uh, Hindus are pressing for blasphemy laws and the serious curtailment of free speech in the name of keeping them unoffended about their religions. And I think that um, we Christians have to be very careful to maintain uh, a stout defense of free speech when it's being threatened all over the world, and that means we have to take our lumps with everybody else. The second thing I want to say, though, is that this might be as kind of culturally clueless, and it's, it's not clear to me that this ice cream company is going to last very long, particularly if they think they're going to expand into the United States, which, as you know, <laughs> has this Second Amendment, which might well take care of this whole thing pretty quickly. Interesting points. Uh, Tal Backman? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with the Stackhouse guy. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna, you know, just ditto that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if Second Amendment guys are going to be shooting up any ice cream shops, but I, I would say I think the Christian community would score big points by en masse saying, "Yeah, this is offensive, but 
we have free speech, and we support that. As Christians, we support freedom of conscience. Yeah. Man, that, that would be huge. Yeah. Huge in a world where, like, we, we have these other religions that are, yeah, like, like uh, you know, Professor Stack has said, uh, trying to crush civil liberties. Um, okay, so Ashley David Chapman, uh, do you think, can you see uh, Chapman's ice cream ever coming up with ice cream flavors called, like, Bodacious Buddha or Muhammad? Mm, you see, that's the difference uh, between, I guess, the two ice cream companies is we truly respect everybody and we don't want to offend anybody and it, it's just a bad marketing idea to uh, yeah. identify any segment of the population and say yeah i don't really need your b- business because i kind of want to be i'm going to get more business if i yeah if i get all hipster about things yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> you know i'm not i'm not a christian i'm not religious but i have respect for religions and uh, if you're trying to sell something to somebody mm-hmm. be respectful of them on mass. Okay. All right. Uh, Angela Saney, listen to this. We are conscious. This is from the owner, okay, the owner of the business of Sweet Jesus Ice Cream. We are conscious of the fact that to some, our name can be off-putting. That fact is something we struggle with because we sincerely do not wish to give offense or show disrespect in any way toward anyone's personal beliefs. <laughs> now, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Who wrote that? that? That's the owner of Sweet Jesus Ice Cream. He goes He goes on to say, neither is it our intention to be exploitative or, or flagrantly provocative. It, it's the same thing when somebody says to you, with all. Do respect. With all due respect. You are the yeah. stupidest human being I've ever met. <laughs> Angela, what's your yeah. take on this? Um, I think there's a difference between poor taste and being like criminally responsible for something. Right. So I think, you know, when I've I've read pretty heavily into this topic because it was interesting to me because we do have a lot of them, these outcrops, you know, where I live in Toronto. And I, I've never tried there's, their ice there's cream. There's crops in Toronto? Well, you know, they've these pop-up <laughs> the flat shops. East End. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pop-up shops. And, you know, I've never tried the ice cream, but I've seen the lineups. And for me, I think it's a big, huge marketing scheme. And, yeah, the hipsters yeah. are all over it and all of that. On the flip side, I think, you know, a company, they're not really taking anyone's rights away, whether or not they're in poor taste. I can see the offense, but, I mean, to each their own in a sense of, like, they're not breaking any laws. And so I think, you know, let them do what they want as long as, you know, no one's getting hurt sure, here. Sure. You know, you can be offended. I mean, I see why. I totally understand why they're offended and why they're angry. But that's, they're, they're you know, put out their statement and said, well, we're not going to stop. What so. if those foster parents will buy it? There you go. <laughs> um, now, that's the Chucky, uh, chuckle, yuckety yuck, whatever I'm trying to say, <laughs> with the, what the owners said, okay? But here's what the, the boycott, the, there's an organization boycott. By the way, I've reached out to both. I reached out to the owner of the ice cream company, uh, Sweet Jesus, and I reached out to the boycotter, mm-hmm. okay? The, one of the boycotters. Mm-hmm. Neither of them want to go on the air. Here's what they say, though, in print. Now, despite our outrage, we do need to make one thing absolutely clear. We're not calling for the institution of new blasphemy laws in Canada. Ooh, who said that, John Stackhouse? We are not demanding that the government close them down. Freedom of speech and freedom of religion are Christian principles. If they want to go on insulting Christians and mocking God, that is their prerogative. However, here we go. We are concerned for their souls. And we want to make them aware of the offense they have caused. And we will not sit quietly by as our God is publicly mocked and ridiculed. We will stand for Christ. To that end, we continue to call on our supporters, along with their friends and family, to sign our petition and boycott the ice cream shops of uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about their names. We encourage...
prayer for them, though. May they know the Christ they so disdain died on the cross for their disdainful men. For disdain, disdain, disdain. It sounds like a monkey song. Mm-hmm. Chocolate um, stains the clothes. So it does. It is good to know that they are concerned for their souls, and mm-hmm. I say that with a little bit of passive aggression in my voice. I'm pretty sure whoever wrote that said, we're going to write this and this is going to bother the hell out of the sweet Jesus right, people. Right, so to speak. Yeah. So we're only offering up prayers to give them a little needling. Yeah, perhaps. yeah. Okay, well, just before we get to our last topic, Tal, I know you've got to go, so I'm trying to rush through this because you're, you're kind of a big deal, right? You're, you're, you're a rock star. Um, and John, you know, you're, you're an educator. It's Saturday. You've got nothing to do. Right beside me is Dr. David Ashley David Chapman. Dr. Ashley David Chapman a mad scientist of all ice cream flavors. Angela Saney sitting on the other side. She's about to perform live in studio to take the rest of our show. And on the line with Dr. John Stackhouse with all sorts of letters and juniors uh, associated with his name. And then, of course, Talmadge Backman. By the way, Talmadge, I would like to ask you about growing up with that name, Talmadge. Uh, did you get beat up a lot? <laughs> Uh, no, I took a lot of pride in myself being the school bully. Uh, that was a different. That was a different era. You know, yeah. I felt like I was performing a Darwinian service. To, no, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> no, no, everybody was cool. Um, okay, no, all right, fine. just checking, just checking. Well, um, we want to get to this final topic, and this is one that just makes your head. We're not obviously not going to spend very long on this, but I don't know. There's something to it. Uh, should children be forced to go to church? And how about teenagers? At what point do you stop saying to your kids you're going to church? How about you let them go? When do you let them go? And what motivation should be used to get your teenager to go to church? Maybe, oh, I don't know, a taser? A mother Mm -hmm. told her 17-year-old son to get up because it's Jesus' day. And when he refused, she allegedly tasered him. I say allegedly because the son called the authorities and said, look, there's two marks on my leg. And the mother is saying, no, I, I did that near his body and I didn't actually taser him. So, you know, there's some uh, Jerry Springer issues going on in that family. Mm-hmm. According to the mom, here's the quote, I don't think I did anything wrong because you're supposed to put God first. And that's all I was trying to do is tell my kids to put God first. <laughs> so, um... Ashley, I mean, sorry, I don't want to go to Ashley first. I want to go. I want to go to Angela. Um, Angela Sini, what's your take on this? As a, as someone who's not a whole lot of, you know, you're you're not in the in the in the big Jesus scene, and you hear this again, and you go, what? I think it's the use of force is the big question here. You know, like we're talking about what rights do children have well probably not being tasered by their mom so i think my take on that is really the use of force and not what the reasoning was so so i I think if i can break in i think that the taser should be should be used for only really serious situations like if you have to deal with uh the sweet jesus ice cream company (laughs) possibly if if you're in the presence of Ian Starglow I think it pays oh nice nice self-defense well done yeah um okay uh, Tal you you give us some words of wisdom on this please because you have you have you have numerous children and I'd like to know about your your parenting uh, abilities I I have way way too many children it's incredible yeah um well, as somebody who was a you know very faithful churchgoer for years, and I had lots of kids, I was married, and now I'm you know I don't go to church. I'm you know I'm, as, as you know I used to be a Mormon. Um, I, I would say that um, yeah, I mean you can't tase your kid, but I would say that it's important for families to have a kind of a strong family culture. Um, 
which is maybe a whole other conversation. But I think as part of that culture, I think it's perfectly fine for parents to say to kids as they're growing up, in our family, we do these kinds of things. We do these things, and we don't do those other things. And as long as you live here with us and our family, like this is something that we do. I mean, can yeah. you go spank a 17-year-old kid or taser? No. But, you know, I, I think if you... I think if you set it up right and you have that family culture there and you have the mom and the dad that are, that are both united and together, I, I think you can get, get around most of those potential problems and the big, the big confrontations. As long as you're here with us, we go to church as a family. Once you turn 18, once you move out, you can do whatever you want. But that's, yeah. that's what it is. Look, I, let's be honest. Every parent has wanted to tase their kid. Well, Really? You're all going to go silent on no, that one? I, I, I think taser is the wrong six. word. Oh, <laughs> She's six. I'm not going to taser a six-year-old, Drew. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Tim? Well, f- speaking from an educational, pedagogical point of view, the, the teenage brain is specifically... Stupid? Tra- no, trying to find individuality right now. Oh, I see. You will say the sky is blue, and a teenage brain, even though they know the sky is blue, will say it is green. Just because they have to be, they, they're finding their separation, their individuality. So, once again, I'm not sort of. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sweet Ashley. <laughs> the whole problem is with the mother. At 17, my mother said, You're going and doing this. I was up and I was going. She didn't need a taser. Uh, really? So, if your mom, when you were 17, said, We are doing this, you would do it? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> really? scared of my mother. Oh, you're you know, scared? Well, yeah, this kid's now powerful. scared of his mother. Yeah, but in the wrong kind of way. <laughs> and really, the kid should only be forced to go to a church on Sunday when they're hungover at that age. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, I told you I'm not religious, didn't go to church, but, but I went to church many a time. Yes. Hungover on Sunday. Yeah, that, and was, it that probably, was the lesson. <laughs> that's why I'm not an alcoholic today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> lesson learned. Well, thank that's thank you, God. Thank that's you, God. how you teach children. John? John? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that, that a lot of parents, it's interesting, they, they they don't think that their kids are old enough, really, to decide about alcohol. They don't think that they're old enough to vote. They don't think they're old enough to serve in the armed services. So all of those decisions are kept to 16, 18, 19, and so on. But they do think that their 12 or 13-year-old is now capable of deciding for themselves about the biggest issues of life. And so when they get to be 12 or 13 and it gets to be too much of a hassle to get them out of bed Sunday morning, parents all over the country just give up and say, well, you should just decide yeah. for yourself. I'd say, now look, you know, like, like man up, woman up. Right. You're, you're a parent, you're in it. And <laughs> the true words have never do been the, said. Do the job. You know, it's, it's, it's too important to say to the to a twelve or thirteen year old. Now, I want you to decide for yourself about the biggest questions of life. But whether you can have a drink or not, you got to wait another six years for that. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> and buy a gun. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a thing with parents that, that is like modern day parents. I mean, they they are so eager to find excuses to not do their job as parents. Yeah. I mean, the, the irrationalizations are incredible. It's like, you know, what? Well, yeah, you know, Jimmy said he didn't want to go to church. Like, Jimmy's seven years old. Jimmy just learned how to use the toilet. You know, I mean, but <laughs> Jimmy can't decide what, you know, what he wants to, you know, we're letting Jimmy choose what he, you know, I mean... It, I mean, you're supposed to be parents for a reason. Like, do the friggin' job and stop, you know, stop finding excuses to, like, not have... I'm not saying it's got to be like, uh, you know, Captain Von Trapp, but, I mean, stop looking for excuses to just not have a structure. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Tal Backman, right there, Tal Backman mm-hmm. on the Drew Marshall Show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
John, thank you for, as usual, being the uh, brilliant voice of reason. And um, I, do you have anything you want to sell before we say goodbye? <laughs> just, everybody's selling something these days. So what do you got, John? Dr. John G. Stackhouse, Jr.? Uh, the new book came out a couple months ago from Oxford University Press, and it's called Why You're Here, Ethics for the Real World. A couple of your readers might want to check on that one. Dude, how did I not know? Why have you not been on my show talking about this? Well, that's because I published with Oxford, and their marketing philosophy is, well, we published it, so... So people should buy it. it. (laughs) Uh, John, I want to have you back. I really do. I'd love to chat about that with you further, if you don't mind. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Okay. Take care, John. And Tal Backman, uh, I wish you all the best, and next time we uh, hang out together, uh, you know, let's just uh, keep the conversation a little little more uh, private. Because every time we hang out, he's on the show. We talk on air all the time. It's ridiculous. Uh, by the way, Tim Tim says he loves you. Tim? Yeah. yeah. Tim. Your favorite. Well, maybe we should have a special show, me versus Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I already know you'll win. These, so. guys, these guys fight so bad on Facebook. It's uh, so funny. Anyway, smart Tal, me. I appreciate your time. John, I appreciate your time. Goodbye to both of you. Take care. Care about you deeply. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Dave, Ashley, David Chapman, don't go anywhere because uh, Angela Saini is about to perform live on the Drew Marshall show. Take us out right now with a little something-something, Angela. Heading home, standing on the train Hundred people trying to do the same Just the same old Every single day All these feet and all these faces On their way to different places